Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. We are on May the 6th now, 2021. We know uh, there is a Kentucky Derby winner. We've got a big fight coming up this weekend. We're going to talk a lot about that. We uh, Our baseball teams both kind of struggled for the last week or two. Boston got back on track after a win today. The Dodgers really playing some poor baseball. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, only a, a week or two left in the NBA season. So, again, a very busy time in the world of sports. We're here on the Mike Abadier Show. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Good, man. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm doing better than the, the Dodgers. I know your Red Sox sort of had a, a were struggling a little bit. They blew a couple games, but they they bounced back today, which was nice. Uh, they were able to get a win, and uh, I think the Dodgers are four and thirteen in their last seventeen games. Uh, which, which here's the thing to me that's that's kind of crazy. You know, when they built the thirteen you know, two. super team or whatnot. You know, remember I made the comment that they're so good that it's boring. The thought process was that. Even if they have an injury or two, they have so much depth, they should be fine. So that's why I'm a little bit puzzled. Like, yeah, they should be fine still. And but they are. They're not. Oh, yeah. They, they, you know, it's one of those, it's just a weird street. I think when we talked, um, I wouldn't have been surprised. We've seen teams have the World Series hangover a lot, right? So sure. I wouldn't I wouldn't have been surprised if this was just their entire first two months. The only thing that was weird is that they started so damn good. So then you figure like, oh, wow, this team is just locked in. They're 13 and two to start. They have a couple of those like series with the Padres that kind of get you focused early in the year. You know, that feel like big series. But, you know, what ended up happening is a combination of things like everybody sort of got cold at the same time. I think if you look through their lineup, you probably would only think that it's Justin Turner. That's like playing at like an all star level. I mean, Mookie went 0 for 6 yesterday i think for the first time in his entire career that he's ever done that i think he'd only gone like over five one time back in like three or four years ago um you know muncie was struggling he started to hit a, a couple home runs but like seager struggling he's errors and then that's the start it's one of those like baseball like you you can feel it coming streaks where it's like oh you leave three men on base i could text you right now and tell you that whoever we're playing is going to score the next inning and then, like, they come up in the first pitch, it's a home run, you know? Or the uh, the starting pitching will pitch great, but we'll lose, like, one to nothing, you know? Or, like, two to one. Uh, they just keep leaving runners on base. Like, they're getting on base still, but they leave runners on. Uh, they'll blow a lead in the... Like, anything, an error will be too. It's it's not funny. It's only a little bit funny when... when Because it's like, you can only laugh when it, when it sort of gets to this point where you know... Like I'm, I'm pretty confident again. Like the the couple games that they've won, they've scored like eight runs and sixteen runs. So I, I think they'll they'll probably go on into on a good like twenty game stretch again pretty soon. But by the, by the way, that game you're referring to was was pretty crazy. In my, all my years of baseball, I've never seen two guys get fifteen RBIs between them. Yeah, two grand slams in the first two innings. Back to back, which was was pretty nuts. Um, it's funny you, you used to t- you say this like when you can kind of really predict your team, you can really feel one of those coming, and um, it's like that with the Dodgers. It's like they're gonna win that way, and if it's a close game right now, they're just kind of finding ways to give it away. I, they actually had four. Um, 
uh, a couple pretty big injuries too with Bellinger. Uh, McKinstry, who was like one of their everyday players, was sort of feeling that like Kiki role, um, and uh, he they both got hurt. And then you get Corey Kniebel, who was like their the best really like reliever early in he, the year. He started he, off on fire, man. Oh, he, he was he like was, their like Swiss Army knife. He was like a steal of a deal. It was like because you know he was a, an all star closer before, oh, so yeah. he was one of those like reclamation projects that you brought back in and you were able to use in any high leverage spot. So he was great, and then boom, he got a bad injury. He's out for the year. Uh, Gratterall had been hurt. He came back, and then he got hurt again. Uh, Joe Kelly has been hurt, so he wasn't there. And then you you had David Price, who actually after a couple games finally started to look like he was getting back to. Like pretty good. He had one big game that he kind of saved for the Dodgers, and then he got hurt uh, again. So there were, then you throw Dustin May. So there were like four bullpen pieces that would have been all the like the guys right in front of Kenley that all got hurt or weren't around right in a row. On top of the whole lineup struggling, kind of in like a lull after, like you said, maybe they were a little bored. So it all hit at once, and it damn they they have had the worst record in the National League over a seventeen game stretch. <laughs> it's unbelievable, really. It I think is. the one that um, that I feel really bad for, it, I mean, all of them, but I mean, Dustin May. Yeah. You know, it's and, a and, and when I was watching that game, obviously he knew right away something was wrong, and you just kind of hoped that maybe, you know, maybe like a nerve was acting up in the elbow or something, but typically when you see a pitcher react like that, it's usually bad news. It's kind of the same thing with like a football player. Non-contact, usually I can right? tell when they tore their ACL. Non-contact. You know, not a doctor, like, but just eyeballing yeah. it. Like, you know what? I think that dude, unfortunately, I hope not, but I think he tore his ACL. That's kind of the case with, with a lot of pitchers. And, you know, Dustin May is, is, is young and has really, really bright future. And nowadays, you could come back from elbow injuries a lot easier than you used to before. A lot of guys come back just as good, if not better. Uh, but still, it's it, it sucks for a young guy on his first contract to go through something like that. And it and it hurts the Dodgers too. So oh, yeah. they have a combination of veterans and youth that are that are hurt. So um, imagine though if they didn't have this depth, where they'd be? They'd oh. be in really bad shape. I, oh yeah, yeah. And in it's just like you look at some of the fo- the faces on the players and like Dave Roberts after the games. It's like they they just they don't know what to say at this point because there's really nothing that you can say. It's like. We're doing everything we can. We all know we're just in this funk. You know, it's just. Yeah. And I, I'm almost laughing because it is to that point. It's like when you're watching like the beginning of Major League or something, you know, where they're just like they're kicking the ball like Seeger's like just biffing. Like last night, they they got a chance to win the game and he just throws away a double play ball. You know, they're in the bottom yeah. of the eighth inning and it's like, oh, and then then all of a sudden they're up again. And Will Smith, like, can't frame any pitches all of a sudden. Like, he's just, like, not not in great communication with Kenley. And, like, three times in a row, Kenley throws a strike, but it, like, misses the glove so bad that they call it a ball. And, then, and it's like, oh, my God, you just walk the guy because where did that come from from Will Smith? He's normally fine. And it's like it's like things that just don't happen are, are starting to happen. Yeah, but, and uh, it's kind of, like, it's hard. It's kind of hard to figure out because is it, Boredom? Is it a lack of focus? Is it because we haven't been playing well? I'm pressing a little bit harder. Yep. It's really hard to kind of pinpoint what it is. You know, Dave Roberts obviously has a better sense of that being in the locker room. But my guess is 
like a little bit of a lack of focus. I don't think it's a letdown because of all the injuries because they're not a young team. A little bit of a lack of respect. A little bit of a lack of focus. Could be. I don't even think that much, but it's like you don't quite bend over as much to get the ball. Maybe, you know, you don't worry as much about about how, man, when this team is good, they work every freaking at bat, right? Like all the way down the lineup. They're going to walk if you don't throw like a really like a strike or a really good pitch that miss it. That's like going mi- to make them miss off the plate. Otherwise, they're going to walk. They're going to load the bases before you even like blinked an eye. And then then someone's going to pick them off. And, and they're not they're not making you sorry for your mistakes right now. You know, that's the, that's what's been bad is like they they actually went through a stretch where they, they played some pretty good pitchers um, and, and they faced some pretty tough some pitchers. You could have looked at like 10 games in a row where it was like. Oh, okay, maybe that's why they didn't score that many runs for like a ten game stretch. They actually, you know, faced some like Darvish a couple times, a couple of the really good Padre pitchers, you know, back to back. And um, but they are just a little bit, a little bit off. And it's it's a body language thing. You can see with everyone too. You know, they're kind of hanging their heads a little bit after everything. All of a sudden, you hit a, you you crush a ball and it just goes foul. Um, first pitch of the game. They the other team hits like a little dinker that just goes over, and all of a sudden they're on second, and there's a runner on second with nobody out. You know, it's just like those 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 are things that keep happening. So, um, it's gonna it, it'll go quite the other way. Um, the Red Sox had a little struggle, but they you know what today was sort of a big day for them. It sounds weird like early on, but the Yankees started to play really well, and so today was a nice day for the Red Sox to win, and also for the Yankees to lose for them to kind of. Not like I said, you're not like checking the standings and all that stuff so early on. But after such a good start for Boston, one of the things we talked about is you want to try to keep that margin um, as long as possible because I kind of felt like the Yankees were going to start getting hot and they're at, they're pitching a little better. Stanton has been hitting like insane recently, um, so it I think today kind of felt like a nice day for them um, after, especially after a couple weeks, a couple games where they not weeks, a couple games where they they had some like bad lading and collapses. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, look, they've played a lot more home games than road games. And typically in the past for the Red Sox, that means that there's a losing streak coming up. Um, they're actually, they've actually been pretty good on the road. They've won yeah. nine out of the 13 games on the road. Um, so, you know, they'll get, they'll get another, they'll even it out the home and, and away game, uh, number of games played. And uh, I think when it's all said and done, if they even had like a one game lead, I think they'd be satisfied coming out of any kind of road trips. Absolutely. You know, here's the interesting thing, though. It's not just the Yankees that are warming up. Winners Everyone of seven them. out of the last ten. The The Rays have won four in a mm-hmm. row. The Blue Jays have won a yeah. couple in a row. They're set one, winners of seven out of their last ten. It actually kind of reminds me of the division we were just talking about, the NL West, mm-hmm. although we were only talking about the Dodgers. You look up and down that division, outside of the Rockies, even the Rockies have won two in a row, but outside of them, all these teams have Are been playing, very playing competitive. Good. In the Arizona Diamondbacks, I mean, when we had uh, Buchanan on with us the the other week, weeks ago, yeah, you know, after I heard him kind of go over the team, I was like, you know, what? maybe I've underestimated them. And somehow Madison Bumgarner, who was quote unquote uh, a bum the first few outings in the last couple of years, he's all of a sudden found his like Cy Young type form. You know, him and Kluber, the last couple starts. Kluber yes. was terrible. 
Oh yes. my god! And you know what? I was I snagged him off of a of a fantasy because I just needed like a fill in. Like I'm in I'm in one weekly league, so I just needed like a fill in start. And I was like, okay, you know what? His last start was good. I I picked him up, and I was like, hell, you know, I'll keep him. See how he does for a couple starts. You know, maybe he's got a little life still left in him there, and and they're playing well. And you know, maybe if they're hitting the ball, he'll at least get get up enough in, in some games to get some wins. So, um, yeah, some of these uh veteran guys finding a little Ponch de Leon, little fountain of youth. Yeah, some of, well, some of the the, I mean stuff. the vets. I mean, how about the the San Francisco Giants plus thirty rust run differential? Unbelievable! I mean, who would have thunk it? Unbelievable! Plus thirty for the San Francisco Giants. They're getting really good pitching up and down. They've also though been hit by the injury bug. Yep. I think uh, their their best pitcher has pro- arguably been uh, what's his name? Got, uh, I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden, but I know who it is. Uh, he, he just went on the injured list. I'll think of his name in a second. Uh, but the Padres, we expected to be good and to win. The record probably isn't as good as Gals the win percentage will be better as the season goes on. That's what I predict. But, man, it's it's been a competitive division. I'd say the AL East and NL West are the two best divisions in, in baseball, followed by maybe the uh, AL West. Yeah, yeah. They're much, much improved um, this year. They, you know, what's funny is they they went through a a weird season last year, right, where they had sort of like some of their vets um, that were kind of opting out, and they've got uh, a, a coach who's a little bit different and did things, uh, you know, does things a little bit outside of the box, which I think sometimes can be good. It does feel like he's settled a little more this year, and I think as a coach now, he he is, I think, a like a smart like a smart mind right you can you can tell because he's got a di- i think people that have a different approach that want to go a little bit outside the box are always you know I think pretty intelligent and in, in at least attempting to do so, right? Thinking maybe we can zig a little and, and find some sort of value or some sort of uh, inefficient efficiencies, you know, it's where other people can't. Uh, Moneyball sort of sense, you know. But it feels like he's settled a little bit more now, you know. He, I don't think he's doing as much of the, you know, I mean, last year, guy, like guys were frustrated a lot of times when the last couple of years with, with him where they didn't know where they were going to start. You know, he was kind of pulling that like yeah. opener with oh, and and having an opener or doing the bullpen games when you when that's what your roster calls for is one thing, but like forcing lifelong starting pitchers into that role is not going to go over well when these guys have a routine and they need to know when they're starting because that's how think about like a guy like a Kershaw how much he goes through on it on the day he's pitching it's like a whole day he eats cereal in the morning he doesn't talk to anybody there's like a whole routine we all like he can go through everything all the people know they all the guys all laugh at him on his off days about how serious it is but then on the pitching days they don't touch him or talk to him or joke about it you know so um i think he's got to get a little bit of credit early on because they've settled you know Absolutely, Gino. And interestingly enough, two of the guys that probably were most frustrated, I'm not going to say most vocal, could have been Kike and uh, Jock Peterson. Mm -hmm. And uh, they they felt that they should be everyday type of players. I'm not sure that they're proving that right now. Uh, we'll, We'll see when all is said and done if they prove that Roberts was right or Roberts was wrong. That, that'll be really interesting. Uh, by the way, it, the name was about to roll off my tongue, and then for some reason I second-guessed myself. Kevin Gosman is the name I was yeah, thinking right, about from, from the Giants. What are you saying? Yeah. He's um, out. Johnny Cueto, 10-day DL. 
Tommy Lastella, 10. Mike Yaz, 10. Wilmer Flores, day-to-day. Buster Posey, day-to-day. Alex Dickerson, day-to-day. Jarlon Garcia, 10. Donovan Solano, 10. That's a lot of players. I mean, th- and, and they're still 18 and 13. Now, granted, yeah. a lot of these injuries just happened in the last couple of games. But uh, very much overachieving. I'm giving them their props, man. Yeah, uh, that's they deserve why I'm it because time on things, it. things change quickly in baseball. And so, like, you know, this is one of the things that I'm glad I we, we talked about a couple weeks ago where I said, you know, I'm at the point when you said, is it getting boring? And I was like, no, I'm going to relish it because you know what? You never know. And isn't it funny that right when I said that they had like a really bad stretch of a couple weeks, like, you know, right afterwards. I, and these wins have come few and far between. It was funny. I think they went um, four and 13 at the same exact time. Where uh, the Lakers um, went uh, one in five, like you know, in in like a pretty much simultaneous stretch. So there were some angry nights. Rough over times here. for the Los Angeles. There were some angry nights over here late at night, man. After the end of some of those games, where it'd be like we'd be up late, and then I'm watching both of these games at the same time, and then both teams just throw it away late, and I'm just frustrated, and I'm looking like, oh no, I just woke Milo up again. Damn it, you know. I'm just yeah, 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 totally. But, uh, well, I'll tell you what, speaking of the Lakers, should be a, a fun matchup tonight. L.A., L.A. Yeah, the Clips, P&G, they've been kind of you know, quietly. P&G, the last game of the night. Uh, what are your thoughts real quick before our commercial break? Yeah, uh, we got about a minute or so. We're going to hit the break. Uh, the, the Clips are quietly kind of, uh, I think, a little more under the radar this year, which which is better for them. Um, I think when uh, a team like them, you know, Paul George particularly, like Kawhi, you don't hear much from. When The more he talks and kind of puffs his chest out, I think the more people sort of dislike and, and want to root against him. But right now, like and with a, a healthy group, Serge Ibaka has kind of been out for a while and like mysteriously. I'm not quite sure. We're, nobody's quite sure but what's been wrong or if he's really banged up. But they are like if LeBron – isn't really healthy and he came back and he didn't look very good and he's going to miss a couple more games now and and we'll see if he's able to kind of flip a switch come playoff time uh anthony davis is sort of getting back to health you look through the west a lot of the teams have had you know some key injuries uh the jazz have been a little bit banged up um the the nuggets are definitely going to be missing one of their key players throughout if the clippers are close to hole they are you know the scariest team in my opinion for the lakers and i think you know, probably the most likely team to come out of the West. They're going to have to get through those demons last year. And I think they'll probably beat the Lakers tonight in in just a little bit. Um, L- the Lakers are also without uh, LeBron. Um, they're also missing Schroeder, who uh, had had to deal with some of the um, the protocol issues. So he's going to be out for like 10 days from, from when it started. And what is difficult with that is those are their two ball handlers they're basically the two guys that initiate all of the offense when those two are out you have to start leaning on uh, caruso like tht uh, guys that just it's not their role that's not what they do well um they're more um you know off guards or kind of like scorers but not necessarily getting everybody involved so it could be one of those nights where if the lakers get behind they could be in trouble but their defense always We'll, we'll kind of keep them in game. So hopefully uh, we can get a competitive game tonight in one of these fun L.A. matchups when, uh, you know, it, it's great when both of these teams are good and competitive and we'll all keep our fingers crossed because right now they are very, like they could very, very likely match up in the first round. We could get a 3-6 or a 4-5 matchup with the Lakers or the Clippers um, in the first round, or they could be on the other side where maybe they get a chance to win a couple series and, uh, and make it to the finals. So um, yeah, uh, you know, fun, fun game tonight, Mike, as we get set for our first break. 
Yeah, I'd like to see them uh, face off as late as possible. Absolutely. Um, I don't know how it'll I match up, but it would be that if too. they can face each other to represent the Western Conference. I think awesome. that would be really, really cool. So, hey, let's take a quick commercial timeout. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more basketball, baseball, football, horse racing, and boxing as well. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show, we were just talking with the Lakers Clippers as uh, both are uh, having a big game as we get uh, closer and closer to the NBA playoffs. Just a... about a week and a half, two weeks out or so before uh, the season ends. And we went through baseball a little bit, bouncing. Yeah, but over. I don't want to move off of L.A. Uh, just sure. yet. You sure. know, I apologize to cut into what you're saying. No, please. Because there's one other L.A. team we have not talked about, and that's the Angels. And there's big news coming out of Angels camp today. I don't know if it's necessarily surprising based on the performance, but it's surprising based on who it is. Albert Pujols was cut yeah. today. Yeah, was released, which is uh, interesting. Do you think he shows back up anywhere? Somebody, somebody takes a shot at him to sell some jerseys, try to see if he can hit a couple more home runs and move him up on the uh, on the all time leader list. Does you he know want what? to? Does uh, he want to? Who knows? You know what? I I hate. I, I have a lot of baseball cards, and my collection 
mainly starts in the mid-80s. But I loved buying plastic cards from before the mid-80s. So I have this card of Willie Mays in a Mets uniform, and I don't like it. I, I just I don't like it. You look on the back of the card, one season of the Mets, bat, batting like 202, which now a lot of guys hit in the low 200s. But back then, no, especially for arguably the best player of all time who was a power hitter and could hit for high average. And so today when they were talking about Vlad Jr., they showed seniors' stats and the teams he played for. Of course, the Expos and the Angels are the two teams that he mainly played for. And then I listed a couple of other teams, and the last one was Orioles. And I was like, he played on the Orioles? Yeah. Like, I can barely remember that. I don't think of him as an Oriole, though. I think of yeah. him as an Expo and an Angel. I think of Pujols as a Cardinal first, Angel second. Where are we going to see him? In a Mariners uniform? I mean, I just don't yeah. like it. Me, you know what I mean? Me either. I don't, I don't think – and I don't think he, he – obviously, he doesn't need to do anything, right? This isn't like someone who's trying to go at the end of their career and won, right? He's won before. Um, and I, I – I just wouldn't be surprised because I can see it right now, right? You you get just like Angel Stadium had uh, out there um, where they had like the tracker in the outfield. Have you been there recently to see that like the pool holes home run tracker that they have? It's like I have not. I have not been to uh, Angel Stadium in probably, I guess now, obviously not 2020. Not 2019, I guess 2018 would be the last yeah, time. Yeah, so you, it's out there right in the uh, out, you know, right by the waterfall that they have the big, uh, the you know, the big uh, water that shoots up. So, right out there, uh, gorgeous ballpark too. They've got the big like Pujols where he is on the all-time home runs list. You know, so when he does hit home runs, they they move him up and they add to his number, and it's cool because it shows you, you know. Hank Aaron Bonds got the list of all time, you know, everybody from, you know, the all time leaders who were above him. And so it's it's cool. You can go up and like take pictures with it because it's huge. You know, it's really, really big. So it's like a big thing. People will stand there and go take a picture next to the list of all the home front leaders. And you you got Pujols there and his angel stuff. So it's just funny. It's something that like, you know, people can can definitely make some money off of. I just don't know how motivated if he is, uh, if he were to want to go somewhere. And, you know, with the angels, it's um, it's really what we expected, right? I mean, this is like exactly what we expected with a team like them. You look at their their starting pitching and you just wonder how much are they going to get? I believe I saw something about Jose Quintana saying that he was literally like the worst, by some metrics, the worst starting pitcher um, through five games and like one of the worst starting pitchers through five games historically by, by a couple different metrics. I mean, he had been just really bad um, through five. And then like, no, like, honestly, nobody's been very good. You know, you got Dylan Bundy, Heaney, Cobb, like Cobb making starts for them. Like Bundy's been like as best as they could a- ask for, you know, and it, it, it's just overall, they miss some bats, but they just, um, they're not very good. <laughs> it's just a pitching staff. It's not a like, plain, plain way of saying it. No, not very good at all. And just to kind of um, put a wrap on on the uh, pools talk, so he is right now at 667, 667 home runs. So he's right at number five all-time. The next milestone would be to get to number four of all-time, which is A-Rod. He's got 696. 
So we're talking what twenty nine home runs? 30, yeah, thirty. Which to get is it. Uh, yeah, thirty. I guess to top a Rod, which is, I guess, sort of possible if he could play this season and next season. Maybe two years after yeah. that. Uh, there's another 18 home run differential between A-Rod and Babe Ruth to get to 714. And then I think 755 with Hank Aaron is probably no, out of reach. No, 762 yeah, yeah. for Barry Bonds uh, out yeah, of reach. No. So the best he could probably maybe do third. is maybe get to third if he gets an opportunity. Yeah, and I think people forget because he's quiet. Like, that's, that's so weird. You know, you, you figure you move – and you go from a place like uh, in the Midwest and, you know, in St. Louis, and then you go to California, you know, you're out here in Southern California. It's like, you, you let's like forget about him the last decade. You know, he's been here for a decade. <laughs> Ten Generally years. speaking, man, for, for legendary players, I, it's kind of a conflicting. The fan in me doesn't like it. I like to see them on their original team as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Obviously the agent in me knows the the business side and and you know you got to secure that deal when you can and not just do you want to be at the top of the market but believe it or not the unions push for that in a big big way too because the union's job is to always drive up the market and so believe it or not they'll interject in all these sports if uh, you give too much of a hometown discount uh, I know that kind of sounds counterintuitive because they're supposed to protect you as the individual, but their goal is more about the entirety than the individual when it comes to stuff like that. But my point is, I wish he would have taken a little bit of a hometown discount. The Cardinals' offer wasn't bad. It was it was in the ballpark. The Angels just, uh, I think, added maybe two more years to the deal. I think the Cardinals wanted to go seven or eight. Uh, but the uh, per year amounts were very comparable, and uh, and and he went for the the long term deal. And yeah, how I mean, often though do you see that when these guys move leagues, move systems in the NFL, you know that you see the better half behind them, Griffey with the Reds, Le'Veon Bell, Steelers moving on, uh, Pujols. Etc. I could name countless guys, you know, where it just wasn't the same. Maybe the ALNL thing, you have your book on the pitchers. That's a possibility. Maybe it's just the environment. Maybe it's the home stadium that you play in and the times of the day of the games and that you could get into a better flow, you know, at a bush. I don't know. I don't know. But there's something there that I see. You, you mess with that chemistry. You mess with that mojo. You mess with that flow. And it's very hard to regain it for some of these guys that get the massive deals. The other possibility is that they choke under pressure of the huge contract deal. I don't think so, but I'm just naming he, possibilities. The, the, all, the speculation with him, too, is always um, we never really knew uh, exactly how old he was. You know, people, people always speculated that he might have been a couple years older. And he may just be a couple years older than we thought now, because that was something that a lot of the players that would come internationally, they'd always want to make themselves a little bit younger. Because oh, yeah. It's the a scouts, Julio Franco syndrome. Absolutely. Playing when he's like 46, saying yeah. he's still 38. Yeah, the, the scouts will go out and, and, you know, if you're in your 20s already, oh, they don't care because then you're too old. 
They want a project. They want a kid who's 16, 17, 18 years old, you know, that they could bring in, they could mold from the very beginning that they see the raw talent in. So you lie to them <laughs> a little. I don't know. Again, this is all speculation stuff, but this this is like a rumor in the story with a lot of those players that I'm sure people did that. They, you know, make themselves more money and change their whole life if, if you say you're two years younger, you know, and uh, <laughs> and then you just got to go by that forever. So, you know, he, he played basically like, you know, seven or eight, like maybe seven ish full years where he didn't get hurt with the Angels. And he still had, uh, you know, he hit just under 260. Um, he hit uh, 31 home, basically home runs per year, 109 RBIs, which still sounds pretty good. But I, th- I think he only made the All Star team like one, one time. Um, and, you know, we're talking about someone who, was an, an MVP and the man in the years leading directly oh, into yeah. it. He was and a shoe in for 330 and 100. Shoe in. And he just, it became so quiet. And it's funny because, you know, you even look this year and he struggled. You know, let's be honest. That's why they cut him. He, he's struggling. He, he, he wasn't producing. But you look at their lineup. And you go, oh, wow, Trout's hitting 400. He's had an incredible start to the year. Like, Otani is is awesome. Like, he he's so fun to watch. And he's hit nine home runs so far. And then you even got someone like Walsh who's having a good start to the year. He's hit 22. Uh, he's got 22 RBIs. Um, Rendon's been hurt a little. Uh, he wasn't terrible either. He, we knew their lineup would be okay. They just, they all kind of do it sort of quietly again. And I guess you know they've been struggling. The Dodgers have been struggling, and they run into each other this weekend. Mike, something's got to give. They cannot tie all weekend long, so <laughs> something has to give. Something's got to give. Yeah, and I would I would suspect that the Dodgers. Where is the series? Uh, either way, it doesn't even matter. They're going to feast off of Angels pitching. I think That's so my prediction. Too. Yeah, I think you the know, pitching or any over under guys, right. or better yet, yeah. forget the over. Well, over under, yes, but. For the daily fantasy players, just on Saturday, pick a lineup of Dodgers, guys, uh, and you might do okay, right? Uh, yeah, that's – you you nailed it. You're pretty on point. A lot of it is, uh, you know, quiet. Uh, but because they've got so many hitters that are doing pretty well, having one more home run bopper that bats 180 is uh, probably – not necessary at this point. No, you know, especially somebody that can't contribute on the field. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love Albert Pujols. I think he's been great for baseball. I wish, I wish we could have seen him play it out in St. Louis and see if he would have been able to sustain the monster war numbers that he was putting up and the massive production he was putting up. And let's face it, man, the Cardinals were winning when he was there. They won yep. some World Series. Yep. They were always in the playoffs. They're always competitive. Somehow the Cardinals always find a way to be competitive anyways. They're probably one of the most underrated franchises in pro sports. Always so well run. Always very, very well run. I mean, if you look at... High floor. Such a high floor. Yeah, like, are they ever bad? Are they ever, like, not in playoff contention? I mean, I... I, Farm system. No, the way they scout. um, And a lot of that just starts from the top, the way they're running, and it trickles all the way down. They were... Um, yeah, they were a Dodger kryptonite for a while, you know, uh, as is yes. in, in a lot of sports. Um, most of the time you have to go through some of your foes. Heck, the Dodgers had a lot of them. They had a lot of big, bad foes that they had to deal with before they sort of became like 
one of the the perennial um, National League team to beat. First, they had to work work on the the Cardinals. They had to deal with uh, you know the Giants were kind of in and out, but the, like we said, they they were very rarely like both good at the same time. But they still had to worry about like overcoming a a, a team that was you know much more uh, a recent World Series champ than them. And uh, and then obviously with the Cubbies too was another one that they had to kind of overcome. So they had a, a few of those teams that they had to tackle. I know the Cubby fans. Yeah, and that's were what just, championship teams do, right? Yeah. I mean, you get your, uh, your scars Bulls, along the way. Yeah, uh, Jordan and the Bulls, they had to get through the Pistons, Detroit and Isaiah right? and company, uh, Rodman, all those guys with the Pistons the, the were, were just total nemesis. The Celtics were a nemesis. And then finally they were able to break through. And once they did, they grabbed it. They grabbed a hold of it and stayed at the top for a very long time, which is exactly what the Dodgers are trying to do. And they've done a great job so far at it. But this is a little road bump. By the way, if you look at the Yankees, you know, if you want to call it a dynasty in the 90s, late 90s, they had a season. I don't know which one it was, but they had a season where they were underperforming in a big, big way. But with that veteran lineup and Tino Martinez and Girardi and all the guys that they had there, Jeter, Bertie Williams, et cetera, they turned on the switch and they went on to win the World Series that year. It's kind of what I'm expecting from the Dodgers. They'll get healthy. They'll get on track again. Their boredom will subside. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the other side of the All-Star break, they're really going to kill it. And they'll be hot before then, too. But uh, they'll have the best record in the National League after the All-Star break. I I, I, I'd put a friendly $10 wager with anybody on that right now. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, anyone else uh, before we got to get set for our next break? And I think we're going to talk a little boxing after this. Yeah, let's take, any- let's take let's take a break right now, actually. Good call. And we'll talk about the wizard, the white haired or silver haired, whatever you want to call it, wizard out of Southern California racing scene that is he's a magician man I mean, i'm at a loss for words bob baffert a big salute to you i know i saw a lot of stuff on social media haters and drugs and this and that and whatever man the guy's just a winner stay with us we will be right back after this with a little kentucky derby recap and some boxing straight from dallas cowboys at&t stadium Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel. 
Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Streaming live, the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the Mike Abadir Show. Mike and Gino with you. We're talking all things sports. Talk a little baseball. We talked a little bit of basketball we're going to be on this side of the break. We're going to be talking a little bit of horse racing, Kentucky Derby recap, as well as boxing live straight at you from Dallas, Texas, where there is a monster fight card this weekend. I'm very excited about it for a lot of reasons. We'll get into that for a minute. But for those who maybe occasionally follow boxing, it is the Canelo Alvarez, Billy Joe Saunders, super middleweight unification fight. Saturday night, AT&T Stadium, Arlington, Texas. So it's going to be a great bout. I'm very much looking forward to it. There's a very good undercard as well. Uh, I actually am involved in this uh, production, if you want to call it that, and I'll get into that in a few minutes here. But I, I would say this. When, when we're talking about boxing, I remember the heyday of heavyweight boxing. And I reminisce romantically. I loved it. This is the, the, I'm talking about the days of Iron Mike Tyson, must see TV. The entire country was glued to the television screen anytime Mike Tyson was fighting. Those were really fun days. And he had a lot of really good heavyweights, and all the weight classes were really good. You know, Sugar Ray Leonard uh, and, you know, other heavyweight homes and, Lennox Lewis and George Foreman, Evander Holyfield, uh, Butterbean. If you guys remember <laughs> Butterbean, <laughs> he was you can look him up if you don't remember, remember him. Remember, there was a lot of characters, man. Yeah, There were a lot of heavyweight characters. Those were kind of the heydays of boxing, I think. And we talked about this uh, last year when we were talking about one of the upcoming fights at that time. UFC kind of, a, you know, mixed martial arts kind of took the thunder away from boxing uh, and they grabbed a hold of it. And Dana White runs a very, very good business uh, model over there. They're doing their thing and it's kind of captivated the younger audiences, I think. But I kind of feel a little bit of momentum going boxing's way. Not that they're taking away UFC ratings or fans, but I think they're getting some of those guys to cross back over to enjoy both sports. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think no. you can't be just a uh, I'm a I'm a fight fan, like like uh like your buddy uh, out of uh, Houston, Texas, that's been on the show with us uh, a few times. Blanking on his name, Coop, Chad Cooper. Cooper, yeah, yeah, Cooper. He's he's a fighting correspondent, right? Even wrestling. Yep. You know, um, so I, I think I think there's a little bit of crossover. This weekend is going to be fun. They always have a great card during Cinco de Mayo weekend. Obviously, Cinco de Mayo was yesterday, but the weekend for 
uh, a lot of the people that are going to be going out and partying, et cetera, is, uh, is coming up. And they, not, not surprisingly, they got a Mexican star, fantastic star in Canelo Alvarez. Um, he's, he's done it all. He's beat everybody that's come his way pretty much. And uh, he's looking for unification, unifying these belts. I don't think that Billy Joe Saunders is going to be much of an obstacle, uh, but you never underestimate anybody. Um, I don't know what the odds are. I'd be interested interested in seeing what the uh, money lines on these are. I'm sure we could pull them up, but uh, it's going to be a very interesting fight. Now Canelo's record is 55, one and two, 55, one and two, 37 knockouts. Saunders, he's a Brit. Uh, he's got a height advantage. He's got a little bit of a reach advantage. But this guy is 30-0 quietly with 14 knockouts. I just have to wonder how much of those wins are quality wins if we're using kind of Big like a college here. basketball term, you Big know, test. before the 30. You know, how many of those are quality wins? Because when, by definition, everybody knows this. To be considered a pro is when you're getting paid to fight. So when you're no longer an amateur, you're getting paid to fight. That could be at a rinky-dink little Indian Native American casino in New Mexico. Or that could be at Caesars Palace, Vegas for a championship fight and everything in between. I think a lot of these guys rack up numbers at the very low level because the lower levels... Uh, the, the gap between really good boxers is gigantic between the lower levels and the higher levels. You know what I mean, Gino? It's kind of like tennis. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the 700th player in the world. No shame in that. I'd love to be 700th in the world at anything, right? But the difference between number 700 and Federer, it's not even describable. Oh, yeah. But the funny thing is, sometimes every, every once in a while, one of these guys comes in and upsets somebody at the Australian Open or, off. or Wimbledon or, off. or something like that. Off. Yeah, so uh, you can never doubt any of these pros, but I think a lot of times with the boxers, because they control who they're fighting, um, oftentimes they, they kind of pick guys that they could beat. <laughs> you know what I mean? That they know they could beat. Um, and, and why not, right? You know you're going to get that payday just because of your name. You've earned it. So it doesn't matter who they trot out there. You're going to be getting paid that big pay-per-view money. And this is a fight that's going to be at the most famous, biggest stadium in America. Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. It's got all, all the makings of a really cool event. Uh, I believe that they're selling maybe like a third of the seats. Maybe you've seen something else, uh, Gino. But I think about a third of the stadium and keep in mind, it's a 100,000-plus capacity stadium. So we're still talking like 30,000 people or something. So there should be some good noise. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is – Canelo is a phenomenon, right? He draws a a crowd in uh, with the location of the fight, too. They always try to get his fights, I think, as close to uh, – you know, so you can get a, a good – a good fan base coming in for Mexico. We'll see what, you know, like you said, we'll see hopefully what that, what the, uh, the crowd uh, turnout is like, uh, but all these events now that they're allowing people back into are, are, are uh, seeming like everybody wants to go. Everybody wants to show up now when they get the opportunity. So this is going to be a, a big deal this weekend. And we actually had a, a fight last weekend. So normally you get the big one after the Derby and then uh, there's another big one this weekend. 
Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I just pulled it up. Canelo is a minus 700 favorite. So that's a pretty darn heavy favorite. We've seen much heavier in boxing and individual sports, of course. But minus 700, I think that means that, uh, you know, he's expected to win. Uh, but interestingly enough, the on the plus side, Alvarez is a plus 400 underdog. I, I would not, I would think that that's not a very good wager because I don't think you're getting enough back. Did I say Alvarez? I meant Saunders, if I mm-hmm. messed yeah. that up. Saunders is a plus 400 underdog. I would think that you'd get a little bit more for uh, predicting that kind of upset. But sure. that's that's the way BetMGM has it, at least. And I suspect many of the other books are similar. We're still waiting on our boxing correspondent. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of press over there, and there's a lot going on. So uh, I'm not surprised that he's a little bit late on us. But I want to talk about a couple other things relating to the fight, Gino, and then we can talk a little bit of Kentucky Derby. The undercard is really good. Now, the co-main event is Elwin Soto versus Katsunari Takayama. That one is for Soto's WBO junior flyweight title. That should be a very good fight. Now, uh, for all those out there that know me as an NFL agent, I occasionally will work on other things in other sports. Um, and it's happened to be boxing a couple of times. About 12 years ago, for those who follow Olympic boxing, I represented Saddam Ali before he took off for the uh, Olympics when it was at Beijing. Uh, what was that, 12, 13 years ago? Um, but more recently, I'm involved with this fight, the production of this fight. I have negotiated a sponsorship deal for the 100X coin that I've mentioned before on the show a couple of times. It's an emerging cryptocurrency. It's now starting to get a little bit of traction. So they're starting to sponsor athletes and events. And the deal that I put together is for 100X's logo to appear on the trunks for both fighters, Soto and Takayama. And then on, I handpicked another fighter, Gino. He's the Cuban champion. Frank Sanchez, nicknamed Cuban Flash. He's a heavyweight. He's ranked number six in the world. Any boxing fan should go back and watch any of his old fights. He's razzling. He's dazzling. He's 17-0, unbeaten record. And I think this guy is going to be lining up for an opportunity to fight for the heavyweight championship in the world. Obviously, when you're number six, you're really, really close to being offered that fight. And it sounds like he's going to be able to have an opportunity to go up against Tyson Fury pretty soon. So I handpicked him as the other guy that uh, 100X sponsored. So negotiated those deals. They'll be putting some stuff out on social media, et cetera. Uh, a lot of the entourage is going to be wearing 100X ball caps and T-shirts and that type of stuff. So in as much as I'm kind of plugging 100X a little bit, I'm also plugging this uh, this card. Uh, for those of you who are interested in old school boxing, there are several fights on this card. I think. You get a package of what, one, two, three, four, like nine fights total, I think, or eight fights total. So um, it's probably worthy of a pay-per-view, but I'm going to give you one last tip before we move on, Gino. Uh, Dazen, D-A-Z-N, is the uh, channel that you could watch it on so you guys don't have to go through a bunch of uh, pirated uh, sites that are going to infest your computer. Go to Dazen. I think you'll be able to figure out what kind of uh, deals that you can get. The subscriptions are very cheap, but you do get a free trial. So if you want to check it out, I get nothing out of this. I'm just letting you know if you want to watch the fight, 
you don't have to pay that fifty nine ninety nine for pay per view to do so. But if you'd like, you can. Big uh, big fight weekend coming up with some uh, major fight implications moving forward. Um, so yeah, I think we only have about uh, three or four minutes left in the show. Um, we and and actually next week it's, it's how quickly things are in the Triple Crown. Next week we'll be probably previewing uh, the Preakness. Uh, I'd say at least and maybe uh, you know uh, one or two races on the undercard. We'll see what the field looks like right now. Yeah, and I want to hear your thoughts about Baffert and whether this horse has a shot to compete for this thing or not, uh, this thing being in the Triple Crown. We did give out the trifecta box. Uh, we gave out, uh, I gave out five runners. You box them, you, you, you hit the try, paid like eight fifty six. Um, the pick threes, pick fours, pick fives are a little bit thin. The top, My two top choices did not win, uh, but uh, sometimes it, that's the way it is. You, you rank your top five and horses three, four and five are the ones that come in overall. I'm impressed by Baffert. Take it away, Gino. Yeah. He, uh, he won another one. And this was obviously with the third, like if the horse, it was probably like his third or, or fourth, uh, stringer that, that thought of initially who was defeated by life is good pretty easily a couple times. And, um, he, he was ready to go. He had a throat surgery, uh, too, I guess right after his last race. So he was able to clear a couple things up. And it was, uh, one of those things where he looked at the field and, a curious what was going to happen with the pace and then the horse who's supposed to be on the lead the horse who got in front of Medina Spirit last time out at the break uh Joel for unfortunately whatever reason bumping around the different things his foot was like out of the the, the stirrups and when he broke he was broke slow he got crossed over on and that just sort of changes the entire complexion of the race where a horse is able to get to the lead and kind of cruise and he he had never been passed before i don't think he is uh, Baffert was kind of downplaying him all week long to leading in. And, uh, you know, he's always going to have uh, his critics and, um, you know, he, he's definitely um, going to go down as one of the all time greats. I do think that the last decade or so there have been some things that have he's, he's probably done. And, and I can, I can understand why some people would, will at least want to uh, want to sort of be a hater out there or get a little bit frustrated when you see someone in the winner's circle a lot, who's at least got like some, some clouded uh, history, you know? So I, I can, I can get that. Um, what's, what's the most interesting, I think of, of the Preakness here is the horse that he left out of, we only have about a minute or, or, or so left. He left out of uh, the Kentucky Derby really just because he ran a, a sort of poor race in the Arkansas Derby was concert tour and concert tour is really quick. And now he is going to run in this race. So what do you end up doing here when you have two horses that, you know, we know Medino spirit wants to be pretty close to the lead. He's got another speed horse and we'll see if by the time next week, when we talk, if concert tour is still planning on going to that race, they said so as of uh, yesterday. Um, and if so, are, are, is he going to do what's best for both of those two horses, which is get them really close to the lead, which would in case, you know, in turn battle with each other. I think it'll have a lot to do with uh, the post position draw. Mm -hmm. You know, and who's on each side of the horses. It'd be really interesting to see if they're both uh, one, two slots, two, three slots. That'd be really interesting to see what would happen then. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of it's going to depend on that. Do we have any indication as to the field size? Like is this one of those right eight now? horse fields or uh, is this a full tour, field? crowded tail, uh, Fransco, Diena, keep me in mind, Dina Spirit, Midnight Berman, Ram, Risk Taking, uh, Ron Bauer, and Unbridled Honor. And I believe I rather. What's that, 11? 
uh, yeah, that's that's probables right now. I think Irad Ortiz Jr. is uh, is jumping up on Midnight Bourbon, so he'll probably go. And I well, hey, Gito, Rick's I hate to interrupt. In my ear, I'm being left. told yep. that we are about to wrap right now, so we'll continue the conversation next Thursday. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.